0: This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, I'm your host Ian Turner. On today's show, Richard Marrett. But before we begin, I'd love for you to subscribe to Garden of Sound. Subscribing means you'll get every episode hot off the press and you'll be supporting local music too. It's as easy as heading to gardenofsound.nz and clicking on the subscribe button. I also want to tell you about a competition to win tickets to see Marlon Williams at the brand spanking new Christchurch Town Hall. So keep listening for more details. Today's guest is Richard Marrett. With at least 75 shows under his belt as musical director for organisations like Showbiz Canterbury and the Court Theatre, he's practically seen and heard it all. He's manager of music at ARA, he's been in charge of NASDA for the last 10 years and he's just completed a Masters in Music. But as another 10-year cycle of work comes to an end for Richard, what will the talented Mr Merritt be turning his hand to by the end of 2019? this is the garden of sound interview with richard marit on plains fm 96.9 richard i want to i want to ask you first off uh, what's your first musical memory
1: ever it would have to be playing around with the piano at my grandmother's house when i was obviously very young do you remember what kind of piano it was Yes, yes, my parents still have it actually it's uh, it was a brinsmead um, uh obviously quite an old instrument now, but um I still love it and uh I hope one day i'll get to get to own it what <laughs> what
0: inspired you to start filling around with the uh, with the piano?
1: I was just one of those one of those kids who just liked making noise on the piano and I taught myself everything i could uh my mum helped, um, however she could. Um, and the promise was that I'd get get music lessons um, because what I was making up myself wasn't necessarily great. But um, uh, I always had a thing for, for pop music, whatever was popular at the time. So obviously in those days when you went and learned the piano, you had to go and to a regime of, of, of classical training. Um, and I don't think I started that till I was about 10.
0: So what sort of pop songs were you trying to to figure out on the piano?
1: Well, it was it was the era of, you know, Elton John and Billy Joel and and you know, the great great rock pianists, so pop pianists. So that 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 was sort of the the thing of the day. Um I was also as a young person, I was also quite involved in local church music. Um uh, contemporary Christian kind of stuff, so um, I ended up, you know, with a, a massive uh, repertoire of hundreds of songs because that that weekly habit of of having to go to church and 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 playing with the band actually started a lot of things for me. I think.
0: Did that lead to accompanying folks, sort of on the on the side? Was that a big yeah yeah? I mean,
1: it, it's. Um, It's all the playing by ear, learning to record charts, transposing, all those kinds of skills that musicians need. Um, I met them quite early.
0: Uh, You say your mother helped uh, as much as she she could. Uh,
1: Was your your father musical? No, no. In fact, there's very little music in any of my extended family. Even my own kids are not particularly interested in being musicians. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a throwback to something we don't, understand
0: okay so we talk about formal musical education you talk about going through the sort of like the rigorous classical um study and so on and and picking up pop were there any other instruments along the way
1: when I got to high school uh I was disappointed to find that it wasn't really the done thing to have pianists and in orchestras so I thought I'd better learn something that I could participate so uh, I had a high school music teacher who was quite an inspiration to me Um, she used to buy instruments learn them herself and then pass them on to her students and so uh, she uh, got me started on clarinet which was my attempt to join the orchestral Fraternity, and I wasn't very good at it, but um, I played until till the end of university, yeah. What was the name of that teacher? Uh, her name was Ruth Osborne. Is she still with us? Yes, yeah, she lives in Masterton at the moment.
0: Where did you go to high school?
1: It was in Levin, at Waipahu College, uh, which was quite a new school at the time. Um, music wasn't particularly strong, uh, but uh, my friend and I, Andrew Sewell um, is his name. Uh, he's a conductor in Michigan. And uh, he and I, he and I were the two musical kids in the in the department, and and it all kind of revolved around us, and we managed to get a good musical education.
0: Uh, there was a love of pop music there. Was there a thought about putting a band together, perhaps, with Andrew?
1: Uh, no, he, he is actually a, a, um, a classical musician. Um, he was heavily involved in classical music. I mean, we used to play together bits and pieces. Um, but you know, by the time you've got the school orchestra and the choirs and things like that, that's that's plenty. Um, it wasn't really the age of stage bands and that kind of thing. So we're talking seventies. Yeah. So you say a
0: school it's not particularly strong on music. Were there any other areas of study uh, that you wanted to sort of go into? Any other subjects you had an interest for?
1: Back then we we all learned languages, so so I was interested in French, mainly because my uh, uncle was the New Zealand ambassador to France at the time. Um, In fact, at the time of the Rainbow Warrior incident, he was in that post. So um, I was always keen to go to France, but I never actually got there. Um, And my French language didn't really get there either. I presume you've been to France. <laughs> no, I haven't.
0: I haven't. <laughs> you've never been to France. No. no Do you have any no, desire? So
1: far. Oh, I plan to. Yeah.
0: So you are a, a musical director. You are the uh, manager um, of, well, let's just say, music at Ara. What kind of music or what kind of artists are you influenced by? What What excites you? Early
1: influences were were the pianists, really, and. Uh, so much of my interest in music came from playing the piano. I've got a, I've got a real thing for being able to play for singers, and I enjoy that probably more than anything else. Um, it's that kind of accompanist role which I'm really happy in. Um, I'd, I'd much rather be doing that than being some kind of soloist. So that kind of led me into my interest um, in vocal music and um, uh, with soloists and choirs and theatre casts and that kind of thing. So but the the early um, you know pianists like um, Keith Jarrett, um, Oscar Peterson, um, an early gospel pianist called Andre Crouch back in the 70s um, he's passed him? away hasn't he yeah yeah uh, Billy Joel uh, Elton John um, Bruce Hornsby um, big influence for me um, yeah so it's, it's quite a list uh, people like David Foster who you know who were great producers and pianists turned orchestrators and and uh, so they've they've been a big influence to where I am now yeah.
0: Are there any tracks from any of those particular artists that you'd like to play right now?
1: Um, I thought it would be quite good to listen to uh, The Way It Is, the Bruce Hornsby a number, where he actually has two extended piano solo sections. But it's just a great uh, example of of the piano taking centre stage in in the pop rock idiom.
2: That's just the way it is Some things will never change That's just the way it is Ah, but don't you believe
0: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Richard Marrett on Plains FM 96.9. Richard, I want to talk about the first gig that you paid some money to, to go along and see. What was it?
1: My earliest memory of going to a musical event was being taken to uh, school production, I think, of Salad Days um, back in, in my hometown of live in. And And uh, that's... I, I suppose the fact that that sticks in my mind as one of the earliest things that I remember must be connected to my love for musical theatre. And as a grown-up, what's been the most sort of standout piece you've seen? There was a performance in the early nineties here in Christchurch, um, not long after we'd arrived and been here a few years, and uh, it was uh, *Evita*. And I remember uh, distinctly that uh, Gary Thin was conducting that uh, performance. Um, he was a high school teacher at uh, Kashmir at the time. And I, I remember turning to my wife and having something of a revelation and, and, and said, I wonder how you get to be that guy. Because it was as if for the first time I saw um, – my love for for popular music uh, and for singing and uh orchestral work coming together and uh realized that while i didn't want to be a classical musician um, and i wasn't going to be any kind of a pop star (laughs) uh, this seemed like a perfect sort of melding of the things i was really interested in and uh yeah, that was the, the time that I made up my mind that that's where I wanted to, to position myself.
0: So take me through the progression from sitting in the audience to becoming a, a
1: musical director. Well, it's, it's a funny story, really. Uh, again, it, it, it's, it comes through my, my piano playing. And uh, shortly after that, there was uh, a round of auditions for a show and a colleague of mine at the school where I was teaching was wanting to audition, and she thought uh, it would be good for her chances if she took her own pianist. So uh, we turned up and played this uh, audition, and um, unfortunately for, for my friend, uh, she didn't get the role, but they did ring me up afterwards and said... Um, we'd like you to play in the pit for, for the show. Just from that performance? Yes, yes. Uh, apparently, um, the show was um, Anything Goes, and apparently I played in the sort of way that people might want to dance <laughs> when you're in rehearsal. I don't know. But there was something about that, um, and that was my sort of introduction to being a repetiteur and playing playing uh, rehearsals Um, I just love the process of of being part of all of that and uh, yeah it 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 came very shortly after that that moment sitting in a vita where where I thought this is what I'd like to do and so after a few years of playing playing piano for the shows um, it seemed a natural progression and one day someone said would you would you be the musical director for a show? What show was that? The first show I actually turned down a couple of shows because I didn't think they were quite the right ones for me. So um, I think the first my first one was Mame uh, for St Joseph's Light Operatic, and then I um, went on did The King and I, and then I. Th- started for um operatic as it was then in their west end broadway series and um um, i've done i think some 75 seasons of various shows since that day that is
0: that is amazing Uh, which show would you say is the most sort of out of your comfort zone that you
1: have taken a leading role funnily enough um i'd have to say priscilla which was only a year or, or so ago, um, that we did it. Um, I, I didn't think that was me. I didn't think I would enjoy that. Uh, I was so wrong because I had the best time. And in fact, as an experience of piano conductor play, playing, playing and leading the show, um, it It rates up there as one of the all time highlights just just because the music's so great and um it's just fun to do you know so from the performance point of view and from the the player's point of view um the conductor's point of view it's it's just a party every night and it's it's great fun
0: are you completely responsible
1: for picking all your bands yes i am I don't um um, I mean, I have a roster of people who I trust. Um, but also, the, there's a lot of variety within within the music theatre canon. You'll find um, you need different musicians for different shows. And um, I've become relatively adept at sort of picking those qualities up in, in musicians and, and knowing which shows they'd be best for. Uh, so... So it's not always the same people who play, depends on the show.
0: And generally, how do you go about finding sort of new people to add to the roster?
1: I I keep my eyes my eyes and ears open. Um, a lot of young people will say they're interested, especially with my work here at Ara, you know, they'll express an interest. And so I make sure I create opportunities for them to come and sit in the pit to see what the experience is like to get an idea of the skills that they're going to need um, and then try and facilitate them working for people where they can get that experience. Um, And I'll always grant an audition for someone who asks for one. So, yeah. You talked about the enjoyable experience
0: of Priscilla. Any shows that really haven't gone that well
1: for you? I think the the most risky things are the shows where you're part of the creation of the show and you're part of the creative team. And so uh, for the most part, I, I get to work on on material that's been refined and stood the test of time and, and all that. And I love that. In fact, that's um, working with other people's material is always my preference. Um, but I have been involved at various stages in the in the development of a number of musicals so um one would be the uh new zealand musical rush which was the the um the story of the the gold boom and uh had a lot of involvement helping the the creators of that with the orchestrations and um imd the christchurch season and um, then readied the score for publishing as it was published um, by dramatic publishing overseas. And uh, that's always a difficult, difficult process, um, being part of, of the performance of something that you've created. And, and, uh, uh, and another uh, experience that was similarly difficult, um, but rewarding in a lot of ways, was the involvement with the Once Were Warriors project. So I was brought in to uh, to create the score for that. This is a stage um, show. The stage show, okay. yeah. It was very short lived, as you can can uh, can imagine. Um, I got to work with some some really great people uh, on that project, uh, like um, Jim Moriarty and Maria uh, Brown, who who wrote the script for the movie. Uh, but that that was again a difficult a difficult birth, and um, the whole um, art of producing and 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 all that which comes into play and and putting S- on theatre and uh, touring theatre in New Zealand, and 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 funding barriers and all that sort of stuff.
0: So were you offered a lot of money? Was this Richard Merritt going? Yes, I can make this work.
1: Um. It. it w- I was hired, it was a commission. Um, I was actually hired for another project and then the producer at the time asked me if I would move on to that project. So yeah, yeah, I w- I w- no one gets a lot of money <laughs> in this game. Uh, but uh, as I say, it, it was an interesting uh, concept to have a go at. Okay. Going back
0: to young young Richard and Levin, is there anything that sort of like happened over the years that you go, oh, I wish I hadn't have done that? What advice would you give maybe to young Richard to, to stay away from?
1: I would work harder at my formal piano lessons. I used to play by ear so confidently that that was you know the quickest route to a result was (laughs) was a straight line and so if i could pick it up that way i would do it so i don't think i made the most of the the formal training that i had and um, once i got into theater found myself needing to be a really competent reader then i had a lot of ground to make up um from that so that's my advice to young musicians. No matter what instrument they play, find a reason to have to read. Um, because once it becomes your, a profession, no one, no one wants to pay for your time to learn something. They expect you to be able to just to do it. And uh, that's what I expect of people who, who work with me. So, uh, yeah.
0: I think it's time for some music. Have you got a favourite track, something that you sort of kept with you across the air, something you keep coming back to that gives you great joy?
1: The, the piece I've chosen here is actually Havel and uh, the Pavan on the Death of a Princess, which uh, is the most gorgeous piece of melodic um, piano playing. Uh, this I arranged for my wedding, some time ago. And uh, it was also um, a feature of when I was at at university, we were taught orchestration by the great David Farquhar. And uh, he used to be via music that had been written for piano and then later orchestrated. And we would we would learn from that, that sort of metamorphosis. And um, so this is the piano version of that, that piece.
0: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Richard Marrett on Plains FM 96.9. Thanks for being here today. I mentioned at the top of the show I have a pair of tickets to give away to Marlon Williams' Tūranga YY show. It's happening March 3rd at the Christchurch Town Hall. The show will most likely be a sellout. It's a great chance for you to see the newly refurbished space too. So to be in with a chance to win that pair of tickets, just head to gardenofsound.nz. And click on Win on the front page. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Richard Marrett on Plains FM 96.9. Richard, you've, you've been an MD. You've done some awesome shows across the year. But I, I want to get behind the scenes for that. Um, at what point in a new production do you s- sort of come along
1: and spread the Marrett joy? Um, I'm, the, I'm there from, from auditions time. Just sitting there with the panel, trying to find the right people for the for the show, wishing for everyone to do their best and uh, for the audition itself to be a good experience. Following that, I usually kick off as the first board of rehearsal call, so it's it's music calls, and that's taking the principals and the company through all their parts. What are your
0: no-no's in terms of those those rehearsals at least or folks coming along um, what really irks you about some performers who've been chosen for the role? Often if it's
1: a community theatre production uh, people may not be able to prepare necessarily well for themselves um, if it's a professional production that I'm, that I'm involved in then the cast are generally trained and experienced and they would be expected to come knowing their music and having done a degree of preparation so there's two different things there and um i i do love working more than anything with the ensemble that's that's my favorite part of the process putting the uh, the chorus parts together and um So I want people who will listen and are prepared to do things differently. Um, There's a certain amount of teaching people to sing in different ways and exploring different vocal qualities, um, all because I, I want a really tight sound that's authentic to the style of the production that we're working on. So it's really just a willingness that you want people to have. You don't want people coming along thinking they know it all. This is
0: the perfect time to introduce NASDA, which you are Mm. a manager of. So Mm. how long has NASDA been in existence and what
1: what does NASDA stand for? Um, NASDA is the National Academy of Singing and Dramatic Art and it's about 24 years old. Um, Started as a private training uh, establishment uh, and then went to the College of Education And then CPIT, as it was then, picked it up in about 2007. uh, And it has a degree, Bachelor of Performing Arts degree. Um, About 2008, I came on board, uh, having been a music director for some of their shows, I came on board as a program leader for that program and seen it through... um, several years of intakes of students and uh, we take about 25 or so students each year who, who want to specialise in music theatre um, but are training to be actors for the New Zealand scene as well as for the opportunities that come up for some people in Australia and,
0: and further afield. Yeah. Is there
1: anyone that we've, we'd know about perhaps in your
0: early days going all the way back to 2008 that's done well on the international music theatre scene or just
1: theatre in general? Well, there are a number of students who, who've, done, who've done well. Um, a batch uh, from one year group uh, were uh, taken to Australia to be part of the Buddy Holly story and uh, they've since uh, worked in Australia quite consistently. Um, Akina Edmonds is one of those. Um, Laura Bunting, who uh, we saw back here at the Court Theatre in Mary Poppins, uh, Ruth Spooner is currently in Jersey Boys, which is touring Australia, um, and going going right back. Um, Christian Lavacom, who was around uh, at the Court uh, some time ago, he's uh, getting very regular exposure in in London and and elsewhere in the Rocky Horror Show, playing uh, uh, Richard O'Brien's role, Riff Raff.
0: So have you seen much uh, music
1: theatre overseas recently? The last time I was overseas uh, was when I saw Dream Girls in London. Uh, it was a very, very quick trip. I even saw Fiddler on the Roof in Swedish, which was quite an experience. And... Uh, I saw Wicked, which was research, of course, for earlier this year. How much did uh,
0: that show at uh, the
1: Apollo, I think it is,
0: uh, how much did that sort of inform you for the showbiz season?
1: I put it there alongside uh, two other seasons I'd I'd witnessed. Um, I saw the New York production in uh, 2008, uh, and I also had seen the Australian production, in Melbourne so you can't help but compare uh, and I was uh, very impressed with the English production um, as I was with the Australian one as well and uh, it all just brought some clarity to the project that was um, soon to be ahead of me. Well, one, of the, one of the heartening things was I was standing in line to pick up my tickets for Wicked and uh, an ex-student from Nesta tap me on the shoulder and uh, he's uh, over there trying his luck in London. Is
0: there anything on the music theatre horizon, any shows out there that you think this is going to be the next big thing that we should be keeping an ear out for?
1: At the moment I'm just starting uh, to get involved in the production of We Will Rock You, which uh, I'm sharing the musical direction with uh, Matthew Everingham. Then I start work on... Kinky Boots which is coming to to New Zealand soon uh, via the consortium and there is a lot of work to be done in terms of getting the, the music solutions sorted so that will be my next big job but I'm very excited about that.
0: Now talking about having quite a bit on your, your plate you've just finished a master's
1: in music
0: what was the reasoning for that?
1: There was um, a qualification being offered that Gave gave uh, people the opportunity to to work on a creative project with their creative practice, sort of being at the at the the forefront of of what they were doing. So, with a view to offering that at Aura, we decided that I would be a guinea pig uh, for that course, and uh, so I started on a, a project which was to create a suite of, of arrangements, uh, full orchestral and choral arrangements for a friend of mine who's a Broadway artist, uh, Liz Calloway. I took whatever works she wanted to uh, have arranged so that when she was working masterclasses with groups of young people uh, that she would be able to perform with them afterwards. Uh, which was what we had done when I brought her over for the National Singing School a few years ago so I offered to do these arrangements for her um, and she kindly agreed to, to sing uh, the demos for these so uh, one of the numbers which I actually asked her if she'd be prepared to do was a version of Beautiful City which is uh, from the Schwartz musical Godspell, um, the song was originally in the musical, in the movie but not um, the stage musical but uh, it was rearranged for the revival in 2011 so I thought it would be quite uh, good to have um, a choral and orchestral version of this um, for female voice and so I did this arrangement and she's recently released it as a single.
0: Fantastic, I'd mm.
1: love to hear it.
0: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Richard Marrett on Plains FM 96.9. Richard, I want to talk about stuff out there on the the horizon. Have you got any unfulfilled goals or fantasies, perhaps something you'd like to pull off?
1: Well, ironically, um, I I took a a one-year sabbatical to to do the master's project uh, with Liz Calloway, and uh, uh, I had always said... That at some point I would take some time out, and if I ever had a sabbatical, I'd actually use that time to go and learn to be a jazz pianist. Uh, because even though I'm, you know, very involved with music and play a lot of piano, I, I've never considered myself a, a jazz musician, uh, and I'd really like to do all the unlearning and relearning that has to happen to, to make that happen. Is so, is there a
0: risk in doing that?
1: Well, when I say that it, it, it's physical things, it, it's it's kind of habitual things. Um, uh, there, there is so much new to learn about about voicings and 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 just the um, the muscle memory of the way the way one plays. Um, so I, I'd love to do that one day, um, but. Uh, I'm not sure when the next sabbatical will be. Um, I'm about to uh, go back into a freelance existence in, in the um, time to come as, as my time at uh, Ara has, has come to an end. And uh, so maybe, maybe that will be part of, of that plan.
0: Let's talk about Christchurch, because it's been your hometown for, for quite a while. What do
1: you sort of see on the
0: horizon, or what would you like to see musically?
1: I'd love there would be more opportunities for musicians to play live. That's, um, that's the sort of heartbeat of what keeps things like a music school alive, to have young musicians yeah having opportunities and venues to play at um because that's a central part of their development um in the theater side of things the music theater side of things we have seen um witness the the latest cast of jesus christ superstar um a a large number of young people who have since the earthquake um decided to make Christchurch their home and continue to work here. And so uh, we need to keep producing enough theatre which revolves around the young professionals who who are here to keep them in work, really. And um, as we've seen with that stellar season that's just just finishing at the court, it's uh, been... Tremendous work that they've been able to share with us, and um, while many of them will need to go overseas and go away to to get those opportunities which um, they they're capable of, of fulfilling, um, it would be good to have have more happening that that they can be involved in.
0: Thank you very much for being on the show, Richard. It's been wonderful to uh, to see you again after after many years. Yes. Is there a track that you'd like to take us out with
1: today? I would love to play the probably the most played track in my in my collection, which would be um, Keith Jarrett's Cold Concert, the first part. Um, these are improvisations. Um, this is uh, a fairly early example of, of Jarrett's work, um, but I just love um, the melodic and percussive and atmospheric um, aspects of, of his playing that, that probably inspired me more than any other pianist.
0: Thank you for joining me today on garden of sound my guest was richard marrett you can find out more about the wonderfully talented mr marrett when you visit the garden of sound website that's gardenofsound.nz just click on richard's picture on the front page from there you can also listen to the tracks we talked about today on his bespoke spotify playlist and remember you can also enter the marlon williams competition from the front page too it's your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Marlon on his Touranga YY tour and comes through Christchurch on the 3rd of March. I'm Ian Turner, thanks for joining me today on the show. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I'd love to have you back same time next week for Garden of Sound. Hey there.